with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hoekstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need to be validated and affirmed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you know someone who has lost their job? Losing a job, especially during a pandemic where everything is so uncertain, is one of life's most stressful experiences. Perhaps you're struggling to stay motivated, or maybe you're a wife wondering how to best support your husband through a job loss. Join us for this episode of The Notice. We talk about how unemployment feels like a roller coaster, how it affects our feelings of worthiness, and share 15 different ways to get through unemployment. Listen in as we learn how to notice God. Roller coasters. Some people love them. Me, not a fan. I guess when I was a teenager, I would have characterized these rides as exciting and stimulating, but that was mostly for social reasons. And so something inside me eventually changed. All I could say now about roller coasters is they're just way too much like life. Too many ups, too many downs, too many twists and turns. And just like life, I experienced a roller coaster. This is some years ago. I was a newlywed, just a year and a half into my marriage, when my former husband's first job after college, he was laid off. For me, folks, this was traumatic. See, I didn't grow up financially secure because my father was sick and then died when I was 10. So we didn't have much income. When I married, I thought, oh, all this is going to change. I would finally have some financial stability. So when this happened, well, it blew my world apart. Each day was another roller coaster. I wasn't sure when he would get another job or if unemployment would take care of our needs. I wasn't sure if he would get the jobs he applied for or if he got an interview, if he would even get the job. So losing a job especially during a pandemic where everything is already uncertain anyway. This is tough. So whether you've been laid off, downsized, forced to take early retirement, or seen your contract work dry up, losing employment is one of life's most stressful experiences. Aside from the obvious financial anguish it causes, the stress of losing a job can also take a heavy toll on our mood, our relationships, and our mental and emotional health, not to mention our relationship with God. 2020's been awful, and according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Force Statistics, in January of 2020, the unemployment rate was only at 3.6%. It rose to 14.7% in April. It's now settled down at 8.4%. So we know people are losing jobs. University I work for has modified its hirings, instituted furloughs, and reduced salaries. 
that's just in my neck of woods. So COVID-19 is killing us in more ways than one. So when my former husband lost his first job, I had to grow up really fast. I learned quick that this affects your financial, emotional, and mental health. This is because jobs are more than just the way we make a living. They have a bearing on how we see ourselves and the way others see us. And even if you didn't love your job, it gave you purpose, routine, and a social outlet. So when you're out of work, you've lost all that and more. There's the health benefits, home projects, and vacation plans that have to change. And you question yourself. You question who you really are as you grieve. And if you're someone who already struggles with being noticed, you feel this even worse than most. You could find yourself hurt, resentful, even depressed. See, when we work, we produce projects or outcomes that show us we've accomplished something. Seeing the fruit of our labor gives us a sense of satisfaction. We might even miss the accolades you receive when somebody tells you you did a good job. After all, we all like to be noticed and affirmed. But if you lost your job unfairly, you might also feel betrayed by your employer or blame yourself for some perceived shortcoming. This only adds to the basic stress and worry. Feel kind of unworthy. Personally, when I think of unemployment, I can't help but get back to some numbers. You see, that first layoff I mentioned wasn't the only one. My official layoff number is 16. And I wouldn't call it sweet 16. Between my two husbands, I've experienced 15 layoffs, and one of them, the 16th, was mine. These layoffs were for all kinds of reasons, but inevitably resulted in loss of health benefits, salary, retirement benefits, and the feeling of overall financial security. We had to hold off, of course, on experiences for the kids and taking handouts. I'll never forget the time I waited an entire day to get dental work done. It was at a free dental clinic, and we had to go there because we didn't have any insurance. It was definitely a low point. Although I have more life experience in this area than I've ever desired, trust me, it's never an easy season. Not only the pragmatic challenges, but those emotional ones. You see, unemployment doesn't just affect the person who lost their job. It can shake the foundation of your marriage. Unemployment weighs heavily on both partners, but it is especially difficult on the man who feels responsible to provide for and protect his family. If a man isn't providing, he feels like a failure. If he feels like a failure, it can keep him from applying for other jobs. So depending how, how long the unemployment lasts, you know, getting a new job is just as challenging. The ups and downs of applying for a job, getting rejected, not hearing back at all makes you question who you are. And then, of course, you start comparing yourself. I know for me, after my layoff, I applied for nearly 100 jobs. I took 20 interviews, and then I had nine second interviews. I also remember the ups and downs when I got close to three job offers where it was between me and another person, and it ended up being the runner-up. These were in different cities and locations. Folks, this is another roller coaster. And watching someone you love go through that roller coaster and those ups and downs of the job market can breed resentment, 
anger, envy, and depression. We resent the economy, the employer, the lack of job opportunities. We can be angry that no one notices us and what we have to offer. We can harbor anger and envy towards those who don't have those challenges. We lose hope, get depressed. So if you're someone who is laid off, or the spouse of someone who is laid off, I'm right there with you. Remember, it's a lot more than just saying, get a job. Unemployment attacks our core, our identity. So does God really notice us during unemployment? Maybe somebody gave you some groceries when you were short on cash. Maybe your landlord said it's okay to get the rent checked to him late. Maybe you had to sit at the dental clinic. Mostly, maybe it's growing dependency that you develop with God. Maybe he's taking notice of you when you least expect it. So during each of these 16 layoffs, I learned that the verses God gave us about providing, folks, they are 100% true. I'm here. I survived. I also learned 16 different ways to survive and take notice of someone else who's unemployed. Number one, grieve. Grieve the loss of the job, the loss of the income, the loss of who you became in that role. Grieve the fact that you can't go on the vacation or do that home improvement project. Go ahead and acknowledge it. Let yourself or your spouse experience the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance stages. Remember, you are actually grieving because something mattered. You matter. You know, Anley Stanley did this uh, message about the Beatitudes, and he talked about, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And what was really cool is he emphasized that the reason we are blessed, happy, for those who are mourned, is because you actually had something to mourn. Two, vent to God. As you grieve, get discouraged, and perhaps angry or resentful, lament to God. Tell him your fears and frustrations. He can take it. And by all means, read the Psalms. Three, avoid advice. Well, I made this mistake many times. As an advisor, teacher, and mother, mother, I am naturally gifted to share. <laughs> but unless someone asks, don't give them free advice. See, advice can make your husband feel like he doesn't know what he's doing or can't make his own decisions. Resentments can also build up in you if you give your husband advice and he doesn't follow it. Four, security. Take this time to evaluate just where is your sense of security and where does it come from? Who provided your job in the first place? Well, we know that God is the ultimate provider and so he provided the job you lost and he'll provide the next one. Although it's good to be wise and have savings for these times, God does notice your need. Your security doesn't belong in the paycheck or the spouse who provides it. Your security is in the Lord. Five, community. Hopefully, your husband has a group of guys he meets with regularly to support and encourage his faith. Men need affirmation from other men, and women need affirmation from other women. 
as your husband, he might not want to share his truest fears of inadequacy with you because he wants you to see him in the best possible light so you'll respect him. Talking to another man will lift him up and free you from being the only one he turns to. Hopefully, you will be in a community with a group of women who regularly support and encourage you. Six, one message a day. Well, it took me a while to set this boundary, probably 16 times, but I asked the Lord to give me a message of encouragement that I could share with myself and my husband every day. This is not advice. One day it was, God doesn't wear a watch. His timetable is not the same as ours. Another day was, I'm so grateful that we have good health. You see, these messages can flow out of your quiet time or applications of God's word to your life. You know, make sure it's God's message and not your own. Believe it or not, this message isn't just for your husband. It's also for you too. Seven. It's his job, not yours. Ladies, I know unemployment affects your life in many ways, but it's not your responsibility to find jobs for him, write cover letters, or make sure the person unemployed is making applications. Respecting him means letting him make his own decisions and live through the consequences. As a wife, you're not his counselor as a mom. And if you're the person out of work, then take your responsibility for job searching. Do it even when you don't feel like it. Eight, hold off. As you wait for God to deliver, be prepared to scale back on non-essentials. Pay the minimum balance on your bills and prioritize the basic needs such as food, transportation to help your cash flow. Avoid the use of credit cards. This is not the time to consider house remodeling vacations or a new car. If you cannot afford the essentials, reach out to available resources. There are many community organizations, small groups, and churches who can assist you temporarily. When you do this, you might not want to share it with them. Just do it quietly. Nine, don't dwell. I strongly encourage you to limit your conversations about the job search. Dwelling on it can be depressing for you and your spouse. You know, a daily update is fine, but don't linger on it longer than a half an hour. If you do, it will just turn to worry. And Matthew 6, 25-34 encourages us. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
Instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 10. Bite your tongue. There may be many things you like to say to your husband or maybe to yourself. Be careful. Words can kill him when he's down. Enough said about that one. 11. Find one good thing a day to thank God for. See, gratitude is essential during this time. Thank God for the things you can see, even if it's just food on the table for the day. This is a great time to notice God and what he's doing. As for your spouse, find one good thing to thank him for, even if it's something he does regularly. Take notice of anything of all, at all. If you can't find anything, take a look around and see what God has already provided for you. And thank God out loud so your husband hears this. It doesn't just help him, it helps you. 12. Do things. Sitting in front of a computer screen all day looking for jobs can be extremely discouraging. Encourage him to exercise and plan projects. That won't take up the entire day so he can still look for jobs, but make him feel productive. 13. Do not neglect affection. Your husband may need you now more than any other time. Sexual intimacy is a gift at a time like this. Enjoy. 14. Pray. Pray with your husband. Pray for your husband. Ask for prayers from your small group. Ask for prayers from anyone who will pray. God hears and knows our requests before we ask them. But prayer is humbling and shows dependence on God. 15. Meet with a godly friend. Having a friend to pray with you and give support is crucial to your survival. Be careful that the meeting with this person doesn't become a complaint session about your husband. Talking negatively about your husband builds resentment in you. Time with your friend isn't about what your husband is doing or not doing. It's about being responsible for how you are going to respond to the situation. You can choose peace. You can choose joy. You can choose God. And lastly, just one more, since this would make it sweet 16, is 16, worship. Get out the worship tunes and praise God for who he is. As David often did in the Psalms, he lamented and then he worshiped. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Centering yourself on God and his goodness reminds us that no matter what, God is there to comfort, to provide, and to lift us up. So as you go through life's up and downs, including unemployment, please be reminded, it might feel like a roller coaster, but you have never been on this roller coaster alone. The great provider, God, is with you. He notices you. He whispers to you that he does have a crystal ball, that he does know what's around the next bend, that he does know your fears and loss of hope. Take it from somebody who has been through this 16 times. He's there. Come to me, all who labor and are heavenly laden, and I will give you rest.
So if roller coasters describe life, then yes, life can be risky. Risk involves choice. Risk involves movement. Risk involves rejection. Risk involves change. And risk involves rest. Feels like a roller coaster. But as you learn to rest in his provision, I pray that you will enjoy the ride. Next time on The Notice, are you someone who is living with constant physical and mental conditions that limit your productivity? According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, an estimated 20% of adults are living with chronic pain. Listen in for this episode, where I speak with writer and blogger Debbie Patrick, who lives with chronic pain. You'll hear her story, her passion for providing a sanctuary for those suffering from chronic pain, and how she has taken notice of God through it all. Until next time, take notice. Oh